Today, we're going to talk about a condition called submucous cleft palate. It's a rare congenital deformity that affects the muscle union across the vellum, which is the soft part of the palate. This imperfect muscle union leads to speech problems, including nasal speech and even unintelligible speech in some cases. Submucous cleft palate is often overlooked because there is no evident cleft in the palate like in other types of cleft palate. However, it has been recognized for over a hundred years as a distinct condition characterized by nasal speech. The article we read discusses the results of treatment of 18 cases of submucous cleft palate at the Nuffield Department of Plastic Surgery in Oxford. The condition was recognized and treated at the department, but the results had never been published before. The historical background of submucous cleft palate is also discussed in the article. It dates back to the 19th century, when cases were described by Ruth and DeMarque. However, there was little mention of treatment options and results until later on. In the early 20th century, Kelly published a comprehensive study on submucous cleft palate, describing different types and their impact on speech. He also observed that some cases of submucous cleft had normal speech, which further added to the complexity of the condition. Other researchers, such as Dorrance and Vio, proposed different theories on the anatomical abnormalities causing nasal speech in submucous cleft palate. Dorrance believed that the levator palatin muscles were inserted too far forward to effectively close off the nasopharyngeal isthmus, while Vue suggested that stretching of the translucent submucous cleft could be a factor. In terms of the cause of submucous cleft palate, it is still unknown. It is believed to be a congenital condition, possibly linked to a recessive gene for cleft palate. However, only three out of the 18 cases examined in the study had a family history of cleft palate. Diagnosis of submucous cleft palate is based on a combination of symptoms and signs. These include nasal speech with nasal escape of air, notching of the hard palate, bifid ovula, and a gutter along the midline of the vellum. Radiographic studies and cineradiography can also be used to confirm the presence of a submucous cleft and assess the function of the vellum during speech and swallowing. Treatment options for submucous cleft palate are limited, and surgical intervention is often necessary to improve speech. The preferred technique is the excision of the submucous portion of the cleft and retropositioning of the soft palate. This procedure aims to lengthen the functioning vellum and improve velopharyngeal closure. The article reports that in this series of 18 cases, 11 patients achieved normal speech following surgical treatment. The remaining seven patients required speech therapy to achieve normal speech. It's worth noting that some patients may require a longer course of speech therapy to correct residual issues and achieve optimal results. The prognosis for submucous cleft palate depends on several factors, including the presence of a normal cerebral speech pattern prior to surgery, successful retropositioning of the palate, and competent nasopharyngeal sphincter function. Patients who meet these criteria have a good chance of achieving normal speech after treatment. However, there can be cases where surgical intervention does not lead to satisfactory results. Two patients in this series were considered failures due to persistent nasal speech despite surgical treatment. Further investigation and alternative treatment options were considered for these patients. Overall, the article sheds light on the diagnosis, treatment, and prognosis of submucous cleft palate. It emphasizes the importance of early recognition and intervention to improve speech outcomes for affected individuals. That's it for today. 